Hello, and welcome to Talking Sports with TK. I am Tommy Chrysan. Glad to be here. Glad to have you there. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please share it with all of your friends. Special note, this is the beginning of Season 3 of Talking Sports with TK, Episode 1 of Season 3. Sports Takes with Trey Blossman, brought to you by Andy Wells. Going to give you his phone number in a minute if you're looking for a real estate agent. We're going to talk LSU, college football, Ohio State, Alabama, opt-outs, also NFL, the playoffs, the Saints, the Eagles. Did they tank Sunday night? And Trey Blossman's got some NBA comments for you about the New Orleans Pelicans as well. And don't forget, I highly recommend Andy Wells as your real estate agent, whether you're buying or selling, you just need some advice, you need some tips. And we're going to hear from Andy in just a minute. But give him a call or text, area code 225-772-6000. Andy Wells, call or text 225-772-6000. Don't forget to connect with me on social media. Tommy Chrysan, K-R-Y-S-A-N, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Also, Talking Sports with TK has its own Facebook and Instagram account. We're going to hear a quick message from Andy Wells and Anchor, our host, and we're back with Trey Blossman Sports Takes. We got some strong takes today right here on Talking Sports with TK. Stay tuned. This is Andy Wells with Keller Williams First Choice Realty, and I want to be your real estate guy. Call or text me today for any and all of your real estate needs. Are you on the fence about selling your house? I have seven amazing reasons why you should have it on the market right now. I'd love to share that with you. So call or text me today at 225-772-6000. That's 225-772-6000. Once again, this is Andy Wells, and I want to be your real estate guy. 225-772-6000. That's 225-772-6000. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. In three, two... We continue with Talking Sports with TK. I'm Tommy Chrysan, as I mentioned. Sports takes with Trey Blossman's coming up. We got some LSU, some college football, some Ohio State, some Alabama, NFL, NBA, and who knows what else. And before I bring Trey on board, as I mentioned in the open, this is season three of Talking Sports with TK and the first episode of the new year. We got well over 200 podcasts that have been done in the last couple of years. We certainly appreciate everybody listening and being a part of that. Trey Blossman. Happy New Year. Happy 2021. How are you doing today? Doing great, Tommy. Doing great. Hey, glad to hear that. Uh, you know, it's uh, we're into the new year and the sports world has continued to rock on. And we got a bunch of topics we want to get to on this week's uh, sports takes. We will have some NFL playoff and a college football championship pick for you with Trey Blossman a little later this week, so be on the lookout for that. Trey, let's start off with the LSU Tigers. You're on the North Shore uh, in the St. Tammany Parish area. I'm in Baton Rouge. LSU's got a lot of key players that have said they will return for another season. Jabril Cox, the punter, Zach Von Rosenberg, moving on. But all in all, I think there have been some very attractive names that Ed Orgeron has been able to re-recruit 
or to con, you know convince to stay and be a part of the Tiger football program. So all in all, I think there's been a lot of good news out of LSU. Now they've yet to hire an offensive coordinator, a defensive coordinator. They got some other staff hires they got to make, and that could break any day. But as we sit here on Monday, approximately 5 p.m., uh, there've been some interviews, there've been some conversations, but nothing's happened yet. Trey, your thoughts on everything going on with LSU? Well, you know, Tommy, it all started with the win over Florida. Uh, LSU was floundering. Rumors of serious trouble and discontent within the program. Eric Gilbert leaves after the Alabama game. Uh, LSU amazingly plays an outstanding game and defeats Florida. Comes back in the following week and defeats Ole Miss. All of a sudden, things don't look so gloomy. A number of players that could have chosen to leave and enter the draft have announced that they're coming back, particularly offensive and defensive linemen, which we drastically need to keep. And I'm glad they're staying. I'm waiting for Dan Rosenthal to say that he's going to stay as well. I expect that he will. Andre Anthony announced over the weekend that he's coming back. All of this is very, very good news for an LSU program that four weeks ago appeared to be in serious trouble. I don't think well, couple, I don't think that's the case right now. A couple of things. Eric Gilbert has not officially entered the transfer portal yet, and there's some rumors that maybe he's not totally done with LSU. And again, rumors are rumors. Transfer portal is the busiest place in the country nationwide. It's not LSU. It's not Southeastern Conference. It's all over the place. And in fact, this past weekend, the transfer portal opened as a seven and a half point favorite against Notre Dame. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I could pick a team of transfers and be favored over Notre Dame. <laughs> and beat them like a drum, like everybody else with a decent I'll, team I'll does. Take, I'll take the malcontents and I'll beat the Irish. <laughs> All right, Trey, also in the the world of college football, you got uh, Ohio State, Alabama will play next Monday night, the 11th, one week from the night down in Miami. I did not see the Ohio State thing coming. Number one, I didn't think they'd beat Clemson. Number two, I didn't think they'd pound them and pummel them like they did. Trey, your thoughts on Ohio State and Alabama? Well, Tommy, we both had Clemson in our picks last week. Uh, I, I thought that that was the easier choice of the two playoff games. I, you know, I picked Alabama also, but I thought Clemson was more of the sure thing, if you will. They got their ass handed to them. They were completely dismantled by the Buckeyes. It was a very impressive game for Ohio State, particularly after they fell behind early. They answered every time Clemson got a score, Ohio State got one back, and then they surged ahead. The two long passes, I know at least one of the two was on a third down and you know, long situation, were backbreakers for Clemson. Uh, very impressive win for Ohio State. Although I did think that the targeting call against Clemson's middle linebacker was a bad call. I've read a lot of opinions on that, and some people think it was a textbook target. Some people think it wasn't targeting at all. I fall into the second category that obviously had a negative impact on the way Clemson played 
for the remainder of the game, but they weren't doing that well when he was in there. So I don't think that's an excuse there. I, I thought Trevor Lawrence played a bad game. I saw some people wrote that, well, he wasn't to blame for the loss, that the offensive line wasn't giving him any protection. Uh, I, I thought it was the worst I've seen him play of all the games I've watched. I even suggested to one of my sons over the weekend that he should come back and play college football again because he's not going to be the first pick. If I'm the Jacksonville Jaguars, based on what I saw Saturday, I would take Justin Fields over Trevor Lawrence. He was by far the better quarterback on that field. Uh, You know, was that an anomaly or is that a real thing? Remains to be seen. But uh, I thought Lawrence's performance was very, very weak, in my opinion. Yeah, I I was totally impressed with Ohio State. I was completely wrong on my thoughts going into that game. Got to give credit to Ohio State. They got it done. Alabama, about what you expected. I do think Devontae Smith will win the Heisman Trophy, which will be announced tomorrow night, Tuesday the 5th. And uh, I, I just hope the Associated Press voters, you know, stop thinking Notre Dame is still in 1988 when they won a national title under Lou Holtz. They, they can't compete against the upper-level teams in college football. And, uh, you know, preseason poll, they'll probably, probably be ranked number two in the nation because it's Notre Dame. They continue to get embarrassed in elite situations. They just can't handle it. They don't, they're not good enough. They don't have the talent top to bottom. They'd be a damn good group of five teams. They couldn't finish in the top five or six of the SEC, not even close. So they got to stop the joke that is known as Notre Dame. I know they're in there because of money. There's money behind every decision just about, but they really got to stop with that. And then uh, I'm going to let you comment, and I got to comment about something Jimbo Fisher of Texas A&M said. Well, you know, Tommy, we both have been saying for several years on the radio and now on podcasts that Notre Dame is overrated. Look, they embarrassed the committee. They didn't just embarrass themselves. They embarrassed the committee that continues to think that they can compete for a championship. Cincinnati would have beat Notre Dame this year, okay? Cincinnati should have beat Georgia. Cincinnati's a better football team than Notre Dame. You know, I don't know if they've learned their lesson yet. They should have. Are they going to do it again next year? I don't know, but I, I if I'm on that committee, I, I'm not going to vote for to put no. Even if they go undefeated, I'm not going to vote to put Notre Dame in the playoffs because when they run up against a good football team, we can see that they don't come within two touchdowns. The, the average margin of defeat is over two touchdowns in the games. You know, going back to the uh, even to the BCS, they're just not that good. They're living on well, reputation. Was, They're living on reputation, right. which they've been doing for a long time now. Yeah, in decades. And I would say this: it's not a given that ULL or Coastal Carolina would beat Notre Dame. But I think Notre Dame would have their hands full and would certainly possibly get beat by one of those two teams or two of the, the really good teams in the group of five. But you know, it's a little bit subjective. Trey, after the Orange Bowl the other night, I normally don't watch the stuff after the game. Okay, I don't either. I normally. I, I normally, if clock says zero, I'm switching to Married with Children or King of the Hill, okay? But I, I don't know why, but I kept watching this one. Jimbo Fisher on the stage, getting the trophy, all that, he made a comment that I think speaks loudly. He said, you know, 
We didn't have a single opt-out. Every player on this team was committed to each other, respected their teammates, and was committed to, you know, win this bowl game, even though we got left out of the playoffs, which that's a whole nother argument. Alabama didn't have any opt-outs. Clemson, Ohio State didn't have any. Maybe that's a little something to be said, you know, for the teams that are of the elite of the elite versus and I'm not picking on just on LSU because it happened to Oklahoma State. It happened that, you know, other places around North Carolina, other teams had guys opt out. Uh, but it seems like the elite programs don't have that issue. I really, when Fisher said that, I made a note instantly. because I talked about it on Sports Shorts Daily with Ronnie Rance, which is available on Facebook if you want to go back and watch it. But uh, I thought that was a profound comment. Well, it is, and it's meaningful. And, you know, there's already been some argument to expand in the playoffs to eight teams just to keep more kids from opting out. If you're playing in the playoffs, you're not going to opt out. Uh, you know, they got to make a consequence for the opting out. Somehow they got to figure out a plan that if you opt out, you quit. You opt out in August before the season starts. You say, hey, I'm not going to play this year. You don't know what your team's record is. You don't know what's what. You quit once you get deep into the season or into the season in most cases. I guess there's an exception to everything. But, you know, that, there's got to be a consequence of some sort, kind of like it used to be if you transferred, you got to sit out a year. I know the pandemic has changed that landscape this year, and I get it. But going forward, they got to say something like, hey, starting this fall or the fall of 22, if you opt out, you, you are out for 12 months before you can participate for anybody, you know, and if you, so if you opt out in August, you can transfer and then, you know, play the next August because 12 months will have went by, but uh, you, you got to make a consequence for it. Uh, it. It's looking like free agency when it started in baseball in the seventies. I mean, kid can't get on a field. He transfer. I'm opting out. I'm a transfer portal, blah, blah, blah. It's getting, it's getting reckless, which I think is going to turn the fans off. Well, it, it already has Tommy, but, the the free pass this year, if you will, where anybody can transfer without having to sit out, obviously exploded the number of players entering the transfer portal. They should have known that was going to happen. Uh, everybody having a free year to play this year and not counting as a year of eligibility is another really significant thing that's been done. Uh, it's crazy out there. And, yeah, in the case of LSU, not only has – Ed Orgeron and his staff had to recruit and sign new players. They did pretty good on the early signing period. Need to close strong when the next signing period comes. But they're also having to re-recruit their own players. And, uh, you know, this year is different. Let's hope we get back to some more normalcy. And hopefully they can reel in some of this. You know, it's the participation trophy era, Tommy. These kids have grown up, they've been told how great they were every day of their life, every time they did something even trivially, trivially, trivially good, they were praised for it. Look, man, we didn't get that growing up, you know? Uh, these kids have a different mindset than we did. People in my day, they wouldn't have opted out, they wouldn't have transferred, now, if particularly if you're a quarterback and you're not the starting quarterback, you want to go someplace else. And it's hard to have a good program when you're thin at positions because kids want to leave. And 
I don't know what the answer is, Tommy, but they better well, find it, they better it, find some answers. All, they have to do that, but but all schools, many schools, have benefited from the transfer in Joe Burrow to LSU, Fields to Ohio State, and we can make a long list. But all right, before we shift to the NFL, I remind folks if you need a real estate agent in Louisiana, Andy Wells. I highly recommend him. You can call him or text him. Andy Wells, area code two two five. 772-6000. Call Andy or text him whether you buy and sell it, you want a tip, you just need some advice. Trey, you got some comments on the NFL. We got playoffs coming up this weekend. Yeah, but that's that's a great thing. You know, tonight will be the first Monday night without football in a long, long time since early September. It's kind of uh, depressing, but we do have playoffs coming up, and instead of two games a day this weekend, we get three which is kind of nice. I thought the Saints had a good win yesterday. The defense was outstanding. Ty Montgomery earned his salary for the entire season yesterday, Tommy. And he hadn't done much until yesterday. But whatever he's being paid for the year, he earned it yesterday. 18 rushes, 105 yards, 5.8 yards of carry. Outstanding. Uh, he, uh, I had confidence that he would do well he he's been an impressive player since he was a wide receiver at stanford he's a big strong guy and impressively he did all of that with very little practice at running back he was practicing at wide receiver early last week until they got the news was it thursday that the running backs were all out uh hats off to ty montgomery that's number one number two yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't forget to take that hat off to the offensive line, too. He, he yeah, did oh yeah. a great job yeah, for, absolutely. for him and for the you know, quarterback protection. But uh, yeah, you got to uh, keep in mind those, those big guys up front. Montgomery doesn't do that without them doing their job uh, with the, you know, the offensive line and the tight ends who help block and the receivers who block downfield. Yeah, absolutely. Good point. Uh, Justin Jefferson sets the rookie receiving record for the most yards receiving by a rookie. He had 88 catches for 1,400 yards, seven touchdowns. He surpasses OBJ, Randy Moss, and Anquan Bolden. That's a pretty good group there, Tommy. Hats off to Justin Jefferson. Uh, outstanding rookie season. Yeah, no question about that. He did a great job on a you know middle-of-the-road Vikings team. Uh, but now we got the playoffs again. You'll have some picks uh, we'll release that either late Thursday or early Friday. Just connect with this as you always do or favorite the podcast. So you'll know when a new one comes out. Um, I think the playoffs will be interesting. Saints at home Sunday afternoon hosting the Bears and uh, lots of storylines flying around already. Of course, it's Black Monday. I think there's now six NFL head coaching jobs open. So the NFL is full speed ahead and a triple header Saturday triple header Sunday. That's because of the additional team in the playoffs. Um, you know, Chiefs get to buy in the AFC. Packers get it in the NFC. They both will play at home as long as they're still playing. And uh, I like the Saints' chances against the Bears. Right now, they're a nine-and-a-half or ten-point favorite. I uh, just wish the mayor would let some crowd in there. Uh, it's just it's just mind-boggling because that would certainly help the Saints, even if they just let 15,000 in. But uh, my understanding is she's not going to even consider something like that. Well, that, that's ridiculous, Tommy. I'll tell you what else was ridiculous was the decision-making by the Eagles coach last night. I, that, I'm surprised he's still got a job. Well, you know, he might 
have endeared himself to Philadelphia ownership by moving up in the draft with the loss last night. But, you know, if you're an NFL fan, if you're a New York Giants fan, you couldn't be happy with him twice passing on attempting a tying field goal. He did not want that game to be tied. He wanted to win it or lose it. He didn't want it to go into overtime. You know, that's not right. You know, and I understand teams are going for it more on fourth down, but they lined up to go for it on fourth and seven at the 36-yard line. They could have kicked a 53-yard field goal, which in the NFL is very makeable. Most guys knock those out in their sleep at this point in time. And then they passed on what would have been a 19-yard field goal that would have tied the game a little bit later. And I think that was a fourth and five situation. So it wasn't like they were going for it on fourth and one. They were passing up field goals to go for fourth and long situations. It made no sense to me. The Redskins football team are the beneficiaries. They'll host Tampa, which is a crock. How in the world does a team that doesn't win half its game host a playoff game? Uh, NFL needs to revisit that. I understand if you win your division, you should make the playoffs, but they should seed teams by record. They shouldn't automatically be the fourth seed because they're division winner with the worst record. That it's it's criminal that the Redskins get to host a playoff game. It it really is, and you know, on the Eagles thing, I think Peterson crossed the line. And I think his bogus response after the game about I was playing to win and I needed to get this kid some snaps, uh, not buying it. I, I got nothing to say to the Giants because you got to take care of your own business. Don't depend on anybody else. And you don't have to go through what you went through last night. But I think the integrity of the league, you know, has to be like you're really supposed to be out there trying to win. And I, I saw on Twitter that a lot of Eagles fans are embarrassed. You know, these hardcore Eagles fans are thinking, you know, this team tanked it. They didn't try to win, and we're not comfortable with that. That's for them to deal with. Trey, as we get close to the end of this, I know you got some NBA comments. The association, what you got for us? Well, look, if you hadn't tuned into the Pelicans yet, do so. They're exciting. They're fun to watch. They're winning. Uh, They got their doors blown off by Phoenix in one game, but – Phoenix has been doing that to almost everybody until they lost to the Clippers last night. But uh, Pelicans looking real good. Uh, I think that's a team that's going to make the playoffs, barring any major injuries. And, you know, I love to watch the Golden State Warriors. Last night I had the football game on one screen. I had Golden State on the other one. Steph Curry put up 62 points last night, Tommy. 62 points. And I can tell you, it was a heck of a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> there you go. All right, Trey Blossman, I appreciate it. And late Thursday, early Friday, they will drop a podcast uh, with Trey's picks on the NFL playoffs, uh, six games on the weekend, and then, of course, the College Football National Championship next Monday night. So I want everybody to make sure to be looking out for that. As always, thanks for listening to these podcasts. Please share it with all of your friends. Trey, talk to you a little bit later in the week. Thank you, Tommy. Looking forward to the picks closed out on a four and one run in the NFL after a couple of tough weeks. So that's good. Uh, Thank you, Tommy. Look forward to jewelry. Isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment. Every time they see it, blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. 
Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. 